This is episode number 12 of Snippets. I am Dr. Pooja Maitra, Vitruretna Fellow, and I will talk about retinal toxicity from systemic medications. The moderator of this session is Dr. Chetan Ram. I request all the listeners to take the pre and the post test. Commonly administered medications can cause retinal toxicities, many of which have well established clinical science and classical changes on certain investigations. A knowledge of these medications can not only help to decode unexplained vision loss but also prevent them from occurring or even reverse them in some cases. In cases of suspected toxicity, a careful drug history whether dose, duration of treatment and use of any concurrent medication is of importance for pharmacokinetic considerations. Patients taking these medications must undergo periodic fundus evaluation and supporting investigations as per guidelines. The medications are best classified by the mechanism by which they cause the retinal toxicity. I will be touching upon the most common toxicities encountered in our clinics. The first group of drugs are those causing disruption of the retina and the retinal pigment epithelium. In this group, hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine are the most important. The other drugs causing toxicity by this mechanism include phenothiazines like thioridazine and chlorpromazine, clofazimine, Deferoxamine, didenosine, cisplatin, and carmestine. Hydroxychloroquine or HCQ is an aminoquinoline. The active sulfate form is available as 200 mg oral formulations with OD or BD dosage. Early maculopathy is usually asymptomatic with subtle signs. Screening and stopping the drug at this stage can reverse the damage. Advanced maculopathy appears clinically as central hyperpigmentation surrounded by a ring-shaped hyperpigmentation or bullseye maculopathy with loss of central vision. Hydroxychloroquine causes lysosomal dysfunction in photoreceptor and RPE cells, inhibits the uptake of anionic transport polypeptide 1A2 expressed in human RPE, increasing its permeability. Melanin binding increases the concentration of the drug in the retina and further contributes or prolongs the effect of the toxicity. In advanced stages, changes seen on spectral domain OCT is a paraphobial ellipsoid loss with preservation of outer retinal structure of the phobia, giving rise to the characteristic flying saucer sign. Multifocal ERG is an ideal tool as it can detect retinopathy changes before any clinical visible fundus changes. It shows reduction in the paraphobial responses in early stages and can be used to monitor disease progression. Fundus autofluorescence changes are subtle and in advanced stages show paraphobial hypoautofluorescence corresponding to the area of retinal atrophy. Current guidelines suggest that the risk of toxicity is high for a dose of more than 5 mg per kg per day for hydroxychloroquine and more than 2.3 mg per kg per day for chloroquine. More than 5 years of use and is accentuated by the presence of renal disease, concomitant tamoxifen use and pre-existing macular diseases. Baseline fundus examination is mandatory before starting the medication and a baseline visual fields and SDOCT is usually a good practice. Annual screening with SDOCT and visual fields 24-2 or 30-2 in Asians is recommended every year after 5 years of use or earlier in presence of risk factors as discussed. Additional investigations like multifocal ERG and fundus autofluorescence are recommended in cases of doubt or inconclusive reports. Phenothiazines like thyroidazine bind melanin granules of the RPE and the uveal tissue 
alters enzyme kinetics and inhibits oxidative phosphorylation with subsequent abnormalities in rhodopsin synthesis. Toxicity is associated with more than 800 mg per day and is dependent more on the total daily dose than the cumulative dose. It causes blurred vision, dyschromatopsia that is reddish or brownish discoloration of vision and nyctalopia. In the earlier stages, the fundus appearance may be normal or exhibit mild granular pigment stippling. Visual fields can reveal mild constriction, paracentral scotoma or ring scotomas. EIG is either normal or shows decreased oscillatory potentials. An intermediate stage is characterized by circumscribed numular areas of RP loss from the posterior pole to the mid-periphery. In late stages, there is widespread area of depigmentation alternating with hyperpigmented plaques vascular attenuation and optic atrophy with ERG showing reduced to extinguish rod and comb functions that appear similar to advanced stages of retinitis pigmentosa. Baseline ERG and visual fields is suggested before starting the drug. If the drug is stopped early, visual functions and ERG improves, although fundus changes associated with thyroidazine often progress. Consideration of an alternative agent may be discussed with the patient psychiatrist at the earliest signs of toxicity. With chlorpromazine, retinal toxicity is rare and usually in the form of pigmentary changes occurring in the retina with attenuation of retinal vessels and optic nerve matter. Chlorpromazine is a piperazine similar to thyroidazine that binds strongly to melanin and can cause hyperpigmentation of the skin, conjunctiva, cornea, lens and retina. Clofazimine, besides crystalline keratopathy, can cause bullseye maculopathy with pigmentary retinopathy. ERG shows reduced scotopic, photopic and flicker ERG amplitudes. Cessation of treatment reverses keratopathy but not the retinopathy. Didinosin, as a part of heart therapy when taken for years, can cause mid-peripheral pigmentary retinopathy or chorioretinal atrophy anterior to the vascular arcade, well visualized on autofluorescence imaging. Toxicity is potentiated by the concurrent use of other antiretroviral drugs and appears to stabilize after discontinuation of the medication. High dose intravenous and subcutaneous iron chelating therapy with deferoxamine produces vision loss, nyctalopia, peripheral and central field loss, and pigmentary changes in the macula and periphery. Rarely, vitreoform macular lesions are also noted. Deferoxamine chelates many metals other than iron and it is possible that the mechanism of toxicity may involve the removal of copper from the RPE. ERG and EOG show reduced amplitudes and OCT shows accumulated material within the outer retina or the Bruce membrane RPE complex. It is reported that visual function recovers with cessation of therapy. Quinine sulfate can cause acute retinal toxicity at doses more than 4 grams and is known to manifest within 9 to 10 hours with vision loss along with other signs of systemic toxicity. In the acute stages of toxicity, fundus examination reveals mild venous dilatation with minimal retinal edema and sometimes a cherry red spot and retinal artery spasm. ERG testing shows an acute slowing of the A wave with increased depth loss of oscillatory potentials and a decreased wave. EOG and VP testing are also abnormal. Over the next few days, visual activity improves but a small central island of vision remains. 
there is a progressive attenuation of the retinal arterioles with the development of optic disc pallor subsequently. Quinine may act as an acetylcholine antagonist and the site of toxicity is likely to be the retinal ganglion cells, bipolar cells and photoreceptors. SDOCT demonstrates inner retinal atrophy. Three different types of retinal toxicity have been reported with chemotherapeutic agents such as cisplatin and carmastin. First is a pigmentary retinopathy due to platinum toxicity with markedly decreased visual acuity and abnormal ERG. A second type consists of cotton wool spots, hemorrhages, macular exudates and optic neuropathy reported with high-dose chemotherapy. The third type with progressive vision loss involves a vascular retinopathy manifesting as arterial occlusion, vasculitis, papillitis reported in patients receiving intra-arterial drugs. By the mechanism of vascular damage, retinal toxicity is noted in quinine sulfate, cisplatin and carmastin as discussed. Other drugs include talc, oral contraceptives, aminoglycoside antibiotics and vancomycin. Talc causes a characteristic retinopathy described in intravenous drug abusers. Talc retinopathy presents as small, white, glistening crystals concentrated in the end arterioles of the posterior pole with formation of microaneurysms, cotton wool spots, venous loop, neovascularization and vitreous hemorrhage. Oral formulation containing talc, that is hydrous magnesium silicate, when crushed to create an aqueous suspension for intravenous administration, can cause the talc to enter the retinal circulation, lodge in the small arterioles and give rise to capillary non-perfusion and related effects. Treatment is on the lines of proliferative retinopathy. Oral contraceptives have been implicated in some cases of central retinal vein occlusion, retinal artery occlusion, celioretinal artery obstruction and retinal edema occurring in young women. The synthetic estrogen and progesterone contained in OC pills are thought to induce a hypercoagulable state leading to the thromboembolic complications. Retinal toxicity from aminoglycoside antibiotics has been reported after intraocular injection. Gentamicin being most toxic, followed by tobramycin and amicacin. Visual loss is profound. Superficial hemorrhages, retinal edema, cotton wool patches, arteriolar narrowing, venous bleeding, late rubiosis, neovascular glaucoma, and optic atrophy are common. angiography reveals severe vascular non-perfusion in acute stages. The major preservatives found in injectable gentamicin, like methylparabene, likely play an additive role in the ocular toxicity along with its acidic formulation. Intracameral vancomycin injection is associated with severe hemorrhagic occlusive retinal vasculitis. The toxicity appears to be immune-mediated and manifests within weeks or so. Despite aggressive treatment, visual outcomes are often poor with high chances of developing neovascular glaucoma. Interferon therapy has been associated with development of multiple cotton wool spots, retinal hemorrhages, arterial and venous occlusion, and cystoid macular edema. EOG is abnormal in early toxicity. Cystoid macular edema is attributed to the use of topical epinephrine, latinoprost, nicotinic acid, and paclitaxel lucitaxel, which all show absent leakage on angiography, except fingolimod, which is associated with paraphobial leakage. Most cases of CME resolve with cessation of use. Drugs like acetazolamide, chlorthalidone, hydrochlorothiazide, metronidazole, 
triamterene and topiramate can cause a syndrome of transient acute retinal folds along with myopia and anterior chamber shadowing. It is thought to occur as a result of ciliary body swelling, choroidal effusion of both, causing subsequent forward rotation of the lens iris diaphragm and vitreous traction. The folds typically resolve following discontinuation of the offending medication. Crystalline retinopathy is caused by tamoxifen, cathazanthine, methoxyfluorine, talc, and nitrofurantoin. Tamoxifen retinal toxicity manifests as decreased visual acuity and color vision with white intraretinal crystalline deposits, macular edema, and punctate retinal pigmentary changes. The intraretinal deposits appear to reside in the inner retina and are most numerous in the papillomacular area and seen even in asymptomatic patients. Decreased photopic and scotopic A and B wave amplitude is noted on ERG. Experimentally, tamoxifen inhibits glutamate uptake by RPA cells. Visual functions and edema improve after discontinuation of the drug but the refractile deposits remain. Angiography should be performed primarily to rule out juxtafoveal telangiectasia which can have a similar clinical appearance. Canthazanthine toxicity may be asymptomatic and is characterized by ring-shaped deposition of yellow-orange crystals in the superficial retina reported with high dose especially in eyes with pre-existing retinal disease or with concurrent use of beta-carotene. Although only clinically evident in macula, the lipid-soluble crystals are found in the entire retina and ciliary body and causes atrophy of Muller cells. Investigations may be long. Methoxyfluorine toxicity reveals numerous yellow-white punctate lesions in the posterior pole and periarterially believed to be calcium oxalate and deposited both in the RP and the inner retina. Rifabutin and serophobia are associated with development of uveitis that simulate infectious endophthalmitis and can be treated successfully with topical corticosteroids or by decreasing or discontinuing the medication. Miscellaneous drugs causing toxicity include cardiac glycosides such as digoxin that causes blurred vision, scintillating scotomats and xanthopsia or yellowing of vision with no characteristic fundus abnormality. Direct toxicity to the photoreceptors have been implicated. The visual symptoms are reversible with discontinuation of the drug. Patients on sildenafil notice a dose-dependent bluish dyschromatopsia 1-2 to two hours after ingestion. Non-arteritic ischemic optic neuropathy, central serous retinopathy and retinal artery obstructions have been reported. This drug is a potent inhibitor of phosphodiesterase 5 and may also block phosphodiesterase 6 which is a key enzyme in the phototransduction cascade and can increase cycling GM. However, no effect on the ERG is noted. In conclusion, we have summarized the clinical features of retinal toxicity of systemic drugs in patients who often get referred to an ophthalmologist for unexplained vision loss. The winners of last week's question of the week are Amulya Das, Sitesh Vats, and Niladev from Shankaranitralia, Chennai. This week's question is, name five conditions that cause bullseye maculopathy. Please don't forget to fill the feedback form. Thank you so much.